Hello, my darlings. This is Micah Riot. It is Friday, the 28th of April, 2023. It's been a week. It has been a week. So today, we're going to be talking about boundaries. Client, artist, boundaries, or artist-client boundaries, however you want to put that. But first, I wanted to say thank you to all of you who have been listening I had the most downloads I've ever had on my last episode, most most of it due to my last client's uh, big platform, but still, um, also because of you. You listened, and I appreciate it so much. This is definitely a passion project, something I want to keep growing, something I want to get to the ears of many other people, and so uh, I would love if you would tell somebody else about this podcast and if you would also leave me a review on apple podcast boundaries how do we define boundaries the way that i define them i would say they are the parameters of a relationship designed to make everybody in the relationship feel comfortable and safe boundaries are about consent for sure like what do i consent to that you are coming at me with and what are you consenting to that I'm coming at you with and when the consent ends, uh, the boundaries become messy and not good. I have not always related to my clients in a clean, healthy way. I was raised in a shop where boundaries were soft. The first shop I ever worked at, the shop where I apprenticed, was started and ran by women and uh, other types of queers. There were no cis dudes in there until uh, like a solid 15 years, uh, 15 to 20 years of its of its history, basically after I had already started there. And the reason why I'm talking about that is because um, the way we're socialized in our genders means that we see boundaries differently. People socialize as men slash people who identify as men. Also, like cis men tend to have more hard, I guess, more rigid boundaries, like what's considered okay, where's personal space, how to relate. There's kind of less room in there, and there's also less warmth. Tends to be. It's not always true, but in general, that is that is the case. And that's what I've observed in tattoo shops when I was younger, I would get tattooed by men and feel like I was uh, a piece of skin with a wallet attached to it. There was no conversation. There was no getting to know each other. And, you know, even if I wanted to, I couldn't. There was no, like there was a wall there. And those were the boundaries that those people set for themselves. And I saw it again and again in men-dominated shops. My old shop was women-dominated. And so there was a lot more warmth, kind of maternal, relating. Um, There was a specific person there who everybody was just like, this person has the best bedside manner and I want to be tattooed by her because she's just so sweet and she tells the best stories and you just feel like you're being held in like mama earth's bosom when you're um, being tattooed by her. And that was considered to be like the gold standard of a woman's shop. In some ways, Women felt like that was what they slash we had to offer to the tattoo 
world, women were put down so much. Women were told, you can't tattoo, you're never going to be as good as men. I mean, I've heard this again and again from people that I have talked to who were female tattoo artists, uh, especially back in like the 90s and the 80s. And because most people would prefer to be tattooed by a man, most clients were men, and most of them wanted to be tattooed by men, what women had to offer was a different way to relate. Like even if the art was just as good, the desires of the client would always sort of trump like the reality of like how good somebody is, right? Like if nobody wants to come to you to get tattooed because uh, they have a choice of a man, then what you have to offer is something a man cannot offer or just chooses not to. Other people that I observed there, not everybody was like that, of course, but um, another person who had also been tattooing for a long time was a, was less maternal per se, but was very engaged and very curious and really created that kind of relational closeness with her clients. Um, people would feel like they're friends with her. And oftentimes she would become friends with them. She would go to meals with them. She would hang out with them outside of tattoo space. She crossed that line very easily. And I watched these folks and I was like, I like that. I like relationships. I like relationships. I like building relationships. I like to feel close and I like to feel held and I like to feel appreciated. Um, and that's all probably because I wasn't raised in an environment um, as a little kid that was emotionally open at all. Like most of us weren't and I definitely wasn't either. I was raised in a different culture where the norms are especially not to be talking about emotions and not to be saying I love you and not to be really talking about boundaries at all. So I just was hungry. I was hungry for connection like my entire life. Um, it's really only recently that I have really come to a healthy place with like where and how I seek deep connection and in what way and where my boundaries are and where I'm comfortable and who I go with those needs to. I'm not saying it's healthy, it's healthier than it used to be. And so coming out of that environment of my first shop, I did the same things with my clients. I opened up way too soon, like really early in our sessions myself, I would tell them all of what was happening for me and talk about trauma with them really early on, let them, of course, completely just like uh, take the every stitch of clothing off their soul and sometimes their bodies. But um, mostly, yeah, like we would talk about trauma way too soon. We would get deep way too soon without really like a safe base. We didn't really spending your time slowly getting to know each other, we would just immediately get naked. And by that, I mean, soul naked, right? Okay, conversation naked. That's what you, you're you getting, what I'm putting down. Um, and I overshared a lot. And I, when I was done with those sessions, I was exhausted. Not only was I exhausted physically, because tattooing is extremely difficult on your body, but also everything else like emotionally socially mentally I was exhausted it took everything out of me and I was just like this is how this work is this is what it needs this is what I have to give it but it, the older I got and the more complicated my personal life became 
the more I realized that I can't do that. And if I want to do that, I can't do that with every single client. So I pulled back, uh, which is not to say that I'm not open with my clients now or that I'm not a full human with my clients. I absolutely am. But I take my time. I build the relationship. We start off a little more shallow. I don't like small talk, so it's not really small talk, but I let the small talk happen if it wants to. And I um, let my clients lead which like where the depth is of where they want to go with me. I believe that I can do really beautiful, deep healing work on people without knowing their entire story, without knowing everything there's to know about their trauma. That stuff happens energetically and it doesn't need to be said. That was a time back then I also made some of my most important and deep connections that I still have to this day. It was the time around that time when I met my best friend, who I now live next door to. We met um, on the tattoo table. She came to me to get tattooed and she has really good boundaries. And so she kind of led the way in our relationship and it worked out in a really good, healthy way. We did get close fairly quickly, but we also um, didn't do too much at once as far as sharing and bonding goes. We really developed our relationship and uh, we were the same age, born in the same year. She had the same birthday as my, at the time, lover, the person I was in love with. And that was another piece that bonded us. We, you know, I would be like, hey, why do they do this? Tell me. And because, you know, you know, you have the same birthday and she would be like, well, it's because of this, this and this. And so, you know, that's how we bonded, but it was good and healthy. And uh, I'm, I'm so happy that, that this is how, you know, this is how I relate in the best of times. Um, and the another person that I met around that time was somebody I ended up dating for a couple years, about a year and a half later, uh, one of my closest friends now. And we actually couldn't really talk very well. Like I tried, you know, I would tell her things about my life and what I was doing and she had a really different life. So she would just kind of look at me like, huh, that's interesting and kind of strange and I'm not really sure what you're talking about. And then she would tell me about her life and I was like, I I really have no way to relate to this. Um, and so we would just like monologue at each other for a while <laughs> And also be quiet for a while. And I tattooed her um, for like a year and a half. And then we dated and then we stopped dating. And then we retained, um, remained friends. And we're still really close to this day. So it wasn't all bad. It wasn't all just learning relationally. Some things were really good. Of course, you know, even then I could take a lead. And if somebody was absolutely not open to going too deep, it was, it worked out just fine for me too. And also I lost relationships from back then as I grew older and realized that some of the people that I felt close to back then had really bad boundaries and were harmful and that I felt harmed by them. And some of the things that I was told by some of those people, our relationship could not recover from it. And so I lost some people that I had known for a long time and really experienced a lot of different things with. And it was sad. It's still sad. You know, I still think about it often. Uh, but that's such as life. There's uh, gains and there's losses and it's a continuous cycle, right? You uh, 
receive some and you let go of some. The other thing I wanted to say is that when your boundaries suck, people will walk all over you. I have had shit like this happen with people who I had longer term tattoo client relationships with. I have had a couple different folks in my life kind of dip out after they owed me money as kind of like a marker, right? That was the marker of the, like where the relationship like went totally south. But there was other things leading up to it where I let them kind of get away with shit or get away with like taking more than I was really giving. So what do I do differently now? Like what have I learned? Besides what I said earlier that I learned to put my own need for connection in the right places with people who I already know and love and uh, can trust. I also just learned to slow down, to uh, read people better, to filter people out uh, sooner. I learned that trauma dumping usually means somebody is manipulative, like a really great show of emotion right away before you know somebody is also manipulative. And people want things and they feel entitled to them and they will try to get them. Not a lot of people, not, okay, it's not not a lot, but not everybody thinks about other people's needs uh, and about other people being full human beings. Most people only think about themselves and their own needs. In these days, you know, I, as Maestro says, don't be afraid to get people mad to make people mad at you. Uh, They're not afraid. And I am still more afraid than they are. But I try. Uh, I am firing people when I need to. I'm saying no when I need to. I am uh, saying I'm done with this to clients. Sometimes even when we're halfway through the tattoo, like I really hate leaving somebody with a half a finished tattoo. But if they've crossed a bunch of my boundaries and I just like don't feel good with them anymore. I'm not going to be able to do good work on them. So I let them go. It doesn't happen very often, but it happens sometimes. And I am not afraid to lose clients because the clients I lose are not my clients. And I'm not afraid to let work go because what I was taught to do is to take on as much work as I possibly could the owner of my first shop, Lee, was like, we did not leave any work on the table. You do as much work as you possibly can and you book whoever walks in for tomorrow. Like there's not going to be, no matter how exhausted, you just, you know, you take whatever work you can get and you don't say no. And I don't function this way. I am at a place in my career, like I still don't like to leave work on the table and that's because less because of the work and the money, although that is also a consideration because I got to make, you know, I got to make bills happen, but more because if a person comes my way, I trust that they want and need the work that I do and provide. And I would like, if it makes sense to make that happen for them, that is my job. People come to me for what they need and I give them what they need. I provide for them in the way that I can. And sometimes it's not good for my mental health. And then I don't. And the other thing I would say about boundaries is the separation of work 
And home is not really a thing, I think, when you're self-employed anyway. You can surely try, but if your brain wants to think about your client and the thing that they are needing from you, then your brain will do that. And in my case, I don't really mind. I uh, do try to leave work at work and come home and be with my partner and my dog and read my books and all that. But um, when I'm not able to do that, then I don't try to force myself. Sometimes I have dreams about the projects that I'm working on. A long time ago, I was working on a sleeve. It, it had a, autumn leaves and bugs and stuff like that, all kind of done in like a lacy way with gems embedded in the bugs. And at some point, I had a dream that it had to have an acorn. And I, uh, when I saw my client next, I was like, I think it was, you know, maybe that same day, next day, whatever. And I was like, hey, I know this sounds a little nuts, but I had a dream that your uh, sleeve should have an acorn, like it had an acorn. And so I thought I would offer you an acorn if you think that would be appropriate. And she was like, yeah, totally, absolutely. And that's, you know, my brain does that with work I'm working on, pieces I'm drawing. Often, uh, it just sort of, you know, it, I'm, my body is working through the project even before my hands and my eyes get to actual physical rendering of it, whether it is on the paper or on the person's skin. So yeah, I can't really separate my work from like non-work time very well. And I'm okay with that. That's not a boundary I absolutely need to have with my work. The very last thing I'd like to say about boundaries is that there is an uneven power dynamic in the room between a tattoo artist and the client. And sometimes it plays one way and sometimes it plays another way. So oftentimes the tattoo artist has the power, right? Like they're the one holding the needle and you want to, the client wants to please the tattoo artist because they want to get the best possible outcome uh, that they can possibly have with this person. And so oftentimes how that looks is the client is like shy about saying what they actually want or if they don't like something like in the design or in the process or, you know, they're afraid to stand up for their own needs because they feel like the power is imbalanced and they're not the one holding the power. On the other hand, of course, the client has the power because they're the one who is who is giving the tattoo artist the work. They're the one who makes it possible for the tattoo artist to live the life that they live, to pay their bills. And so, of course, like we want to please you. And for us, you know, for me, even though I wouldn't say that the power imbalances um, on your side, because I also, you know, have a right to reject you. Um, I also have power in that situation to also say, no, it's not working for me. But for me, like you're the one with a lot of the power, at least half of the power. Uh, and people see that in different ways. So the boundaries can get iffy. And what is important to do, it's important for me to say to the client, I am here for you. We're going on this journey together. And there is a balance which is achieved by you being honest and open about what you need, but also not being overly nitpicky overbearing because I also need to feel comfortable in this process. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to do my best work. So I have to set that boundary. I have to say I need freedom, but I also need need you to be honest. And I'm in the same time, I'm hoping that the client is a reasonable human and they are at the same time 
um, also understanding that, you know, I'm setting a boundary that creates power on both of our sides. I don't want them to be giving away their power completely to me. And I don't want them to think that they're the one completely in charge. When that balance is achieved on both sides by both people, I consider that a successful dynamic created. And that's where we can do our best work, where I can do my best work and the client can receive my best work and they can, everybody can be happy. I have to say that that works like 75% of the time because a lot of people are reasonable and a lot of people are excited to be there and they trust me because they've seen my work. And then about a quarter of the time, it's not great. You know, it doesn't work that way. Like, for example, you know, a little story time. I was going to tattoo somebody who was new. Um, we did a quick consult on Zoom. It was fine. She had the design ready to go. Like, I didn't design it. She had somebody else design it for her. And, you know, sometimes I take on those things when it's like a custom piece of art somebody gets from somebody else. I don't do it often, but I do it sometimes because it's like a little bit less energy for me output-wise. And, you know, I get to make what I get to make, my hourly So this person, you know, I have a policy about no guests. um, And this person comes in and she says, "Um, hey, my husband's here. He's going to come in. And I was like, excuse me. Like, no, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't, you know, like, and I don't like, I don't like guests in the room. I have social anxiety. I want to focus on my client. I don't want to navigate a dynamic with a third person. I'm really sensitive to energy and I'm sensitive to just like other people being in the space. And most, you know, when, when it's somebody I've known for a long time and I like know them and trust them, it's usually fine. If it's like their partner that I already met or like even their child, you know, I've had people bring their kids in and I love kids and we can like entertain them. You know, they have their movie, they have candy, they have drawing, whatever. So it's not the case always, but in this specific case, you know, this person had the art already and she wanted her husband to come in. And I was like, you know, that's really not comfortable for me. I prefer that didn't happen. And she pushed. She said, oh, but he's already here and he really wants to be here. And I was like, uh, I'm not comfortable with that. I keep telling you this and you keep stepping my boundaries, essentially. And she was like, well, can he come in for a minute just to see it? And I was like, you had the design beforehand. I didn't do anything new to it. Like, okay, he can come in to see it. Um, oh, the other thing was I said, okay, you can bring him in for a second to look at it when I say it's okay. But he just like burst on in, you know, he came to the door without me saying like, this is a good time. And uh, I was like, okay, here it is, the design. It's uh, exactly how it was before because I haven't changed anything. And then she starts talking about me to him, like I'm not in the room and she's using the wrong pronouns. And she's like, she, she, she the whole time. And I was like, excuse me, my pronouns are they. Like, I just feel so at this point, like, so unhappy about this whole interaction because I feel like my boundaries have been crossed, even though I set them really clearly and I've stated them over and over again and it's still not being heard. And so I was like, okay, are you ready to go? Like, let's tattoo. And the guy sits down on the couch and I was like, excuse me, I don't want anybody in the room with me. Like, I'm just here with my client. Like, this is how it is. These are my rules. I want to be with my client alone. So he begrudgingly leaves and she's all grumpy and we tattoo and it turns out, okay, fine, you know, whatever. And then uh, we're done. Of course, we haven't spoken to each other again. Like, 
I guess it's an illustration of how I have boundaries in the space. And when the client doesn't respect the boundaries, it makes my job really hard. It makes it much harder. And it makes it so that I can't do my best work. And, you know, this piece wasn't that complex, but it had some complexity to it. There were smooth, long lines. Um, and I'm sure I would have done an even better job. Like, I think she was happy with it, but I think I would have done a better job if she just, like, respected my boundaries. Ah, so... Okay, I'm going to wrap this up. Maybe you heard my dog wander around the apartment with her big claws on the wooden floor. If you did, that's what it was. I love you all. I so appreciate you listening and tuning in. If you have questions, please let me know. DM me on Instagram at Micah Riot. If you have uh, suggestions, if you have topic requests, um, I'm happy to like engage and answer any questions you have. Please, please hit me up. I love you. Have a really good day and a great weekend. And I will talk to you next week. Oh, a quick note. I am really excited. I'm uh, about to be having a conversation and recording it with the amazing Morgan English. You probably don't know who she is. And that's okay. If you're not a tattoo nerd, you probably don't. But she is uh, somebody who has been tattoo art critic, a curator um, of an amazing blog that I was looking at when I was like a baby tattoo artist and was getting inspired by. She is somebody who is unlike anybody else I know of in the tattoo world. Like there are tattoo artists and there's clients and there's collectors and there's journalists who write about tattoos among writing about other topics. But Morgan is very specifically like a tattoo art curator critic archivist and treasure she's the treasure of a human um, i met her last summer when i was in berlin and i am really excited to have her on the podcast so be on the lookout for that episode and that's it okay bye